wait, are we? Yeah, we are. Did you click the record button? Yeah, it's on. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, we're going. All right, great. I was just pausing for your dramatic effect. Oh, stop. No. We don't do that here. Sorry. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Known Unknowns. Hello, family. Hello, family. And Known Unknowns, we're a family. That's sure. why you don't get paid overtime. <laughs> yeah. Because we all support each other here. And are you going to be a team player? <laughs> You're weird. Um, so we forgot it was Sunday today. Yeah, we did. So that this will be good. This will be a good one. We forgot it was Sunday. I bet they won't even, if we hadn't said anything, no one would even notice. Yeah, but I want to be honest with them. I want to yeah. be honest. You don't lie to your family. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All the time. That's true. <laughs> More yeah, than you lie to anyone else. I just had some beef stew. <laughs> what? <laughs> the words beef stew are funny to me. Beef stew? Yeah. I had a can of beef stew. That's a funny sentence. I had a can of a can of beef stew. Yeah, it was so good. I love beef stew, you guys. I freaking love beef stew. <laughs> oh man. I don't know why beef stew is so funny to me. I'm just thinking about more beef stew. I'm full of beef stew. I'm full of stew. And I want more. Wasn't there an Adam... Didn't Adam Carolla tweet something earlier this week? It was like, more more men today wear bracelets than eat beef stew. <laughs> I don't it know. It was like, you know, masculinity is going down the toilet type of tweets but his example was more men wear bracelets than eat beef stew <laughs> wait what was this a joke or was no, this was serious a real, a real guy I, I, no i know he's a real guy like a real yeah he's serious adam okay. carolla beef well, stew well while tweet. you find this i'm gonna get myself a new chair so i'm gonna stop this real quick okay and yeah. we're back. Did you find that tweet? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, Adam Carolla is like a, a nominally a comedian and like a radio guy who's like a, I don't know, just a misogynist person. Um, and oh. his, I thought the tweet was from more recently. It was like going around recently, but the tweet is more Americans, more American males now wear bracelets than eat stew. That says so. You know, I don't think a lot of people eat stew nowadays. You know, I don't think anyone eats enough stew. I, so you are are you saying that you agree with Adam? I mean, no, Carolla. That I mean, I think he's probably right. More American males now wear bracelets than eat stew. Let me just say. Let me just all around all Americans wear more bracelets than they eat stew, and that is just really that is treason, and everyone should be hanged. Do you think the world would be a better place if more women wore bracelets or ate stew? Which do you think is which do you think is more important to the world? Wearing eating bracelets stew. or eating stew? Eating stew, Harry. Did I not did you not hear anything <laughs> yeah, no, I you, just yeah, said? You did. So you think that more people should eat stew than wear bracelets? Oh yeah. Of any gender. Yeah, a- any person in the entire world should be eating stew daily. <laughs> The past three days, I've had stew for dinner. <laughs> I know. And it's been the best it's time of my life. It's all over the microwave. 
Shut up. <laughs> it is all over the microwave. <laughs> uh, got a little out of control, my stew. But how can you control stew? stew, stew you know? <laughs> can't control stew. You can't. You just can't, you just can't control, control it. You just can't control it. It's just, uh, it's that good. It, I, yeah. it dances across my taste buds and just gives me a little joy. <laughs> I freaking love stew. Beef stew. Beef stew. Have you ever had the cans of, I think it's Dinty, Dinty Moore? beef freaking stew they have the ginormous cans of beef stew and they have like the beef stew and like mashed potato combo thing Uh Mm. Mm. (laughs) oh my gosh just amazing well i thought i couldn't eat it for a while because stew is usually made with flour to thicken it up Uh but right there on the can baby dinty more they really, they got me. <laughs> What's right there on the can? Right there on the can, it says gluten free, and they thicken it with cornstarch, mm-hmm. or corn flour. <laughs> I don't know, but it's gluten free, which is wow. amazing. Everyone, can this? All right, I need Dinty Moore Beef Stew to sponsor me <laughs> because honestly, it's my passion. Mm-hmm. If I could have one thing sponsor me, it would be Dinty Moore Beef Stew. Yeah. I. F- oh. Okay. Well, now. And chowders. Oh, God, chowders. I have a can of clam chowder in there, baby. Ugh. Chowder. <laughs> Just thick soups. Thick <laughs> soups, guys. Especially in the fall winter. Like, as soon as I whipped out the sweatshirt and sweater, stew all the way. Thick soup all the way. Chowder. Stew. Uh, I think chili. Oh, chili. <laughs> Fuck. Chili. Any, any others? <laughs> any other liquid foods? I love soup. <laughs> I know you do. I love soup. I'm any a- of the chunky Campbell's soups? Yum. What are you? You don't not, like not soup. A, not a stew man myself. No, I'm he the hates kind of, soup. A uh, hipster, soy boy, effeminate uh, uh, guy that Corolla's complaining about. Uh, you'd, you'd find me wearing a bracelet before you saw me eating a meat eating oh, a stew. Oh, absolutely. Harry would absolutely uh, I wouldn't wear... be caught, caught dead where eating a stew. You'd eat a bra- you'd I'd, eat a bracelet I'd before a bracelet you ate before a stew. I'd eat a stew. I'd wear a bracelet. I'd wear, I'd wear a stew before I ate it. Yeah, you'd wear a stew for it. He doesn't like stew because he's crazy. You don't like like soup. I don't like soups in general. It's weird. There are some soups that are good. He likes pho. Yeah, I like pho. He likes pho. Uh, Your sister made some, what, hot and sour soup? Yeah, that was good. For Christmas, I Mm -hmm. believe, and you liked that. Yeah, I like like broth. I like brothful soups. So the opposite of thick. Yeah, give me a... Thin soups. watery soup. Thin watery soup. Give me just some just some hot water with a raw carrot in it. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, it has to be raw too. He doesn't I, like cooked I like vegetables. Crisp. I like crisp veggies. So really, take the crisp carrot, dip it in. Dip it in the, the hot water. Lukewarm. Yeah. Well, I I, I would prefer hot 
to lukewarm, but it's got to be... Warm, then. Warm broth. Warm broth. And then eat it. Yeah. That's what I... Carve a spoon out of a giant, like, out of one of the big carrots, Uh and then eat your broth, (laughs) nibble at the spoon. Eat the broth, drink the broth, eat the spoon. All right. We've we figured I'll, it I'll out, that. folks. Oh, that's what I'm gonna do. Whittle a whittle me a spoon oof. out of a carrot. And eat your little, little eat your hot water. Knife. Get a I, I need two utensils. I need a whittling knife and a spoon gouge. And mm-hmm. then you can just give me a carrot and I'll drink my broth just happy as a clam. But not clam chowder. No. Yeah, I have some clam chowder in the in the pantry. Uh can. I love canned foods. So what, what are you laughing at right now? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think... I'm being totally serious yeah, I right know. now. I chowder and, it's very and funny stew to me. brings me so much joy. I know. No, seriously, every night for dinner I've been like, oh, I've got to have beef stew, Harry. Right? <laughs> I get really excited. Just, just say the words beef stew again. Beef stew. <laughs> Beef stew. Do I say it funny? No, you don't. It's just a funny phrase. Beef stew. This the, the, name, the name of this episode is going to be called beef stew. All right. Good. That That's cuts down my work later. Beef stew, boy. No, thick soup. Thick soup. Thick stew, soup. Beef thick stew stoop. or clam chowder. Thick soup. Or whittle a carrot. Whittle a carrot. Something like that. I will figure. I'll figure it Dinty out. More beef stew Dinty sponsor more beef sponsor me. Dinty more beef stew sponsor me. That the episode name. <laughs> yeah. All right. We have gone on ten minutes talking about soup. Yeah, we have. How so does that make you feel? Oh, really good inside. <laughs> Warm and fuzzy. The soup episode. The soup episode. The soup episode. <laughs> no, that's that's. When we do like a special bonus episode that's specific, the whole thing's about soup. <gasps> I could name my favorite kinds of soup. Yeah. And then read the nutrition facts on it. <laughs> that would be riveting podcast. Yeah, I can talk about the I mean, flavors if, in the soup and pe- then I can read the can. Yeah, I guess, I guess if people like this, they will enjoy that. Do people want that? I will do that. I will I, when, do my when, own bonus episode <laughs> and talk about my favorite soups. When has anything about this podcast uh, seemed to reflect in any way what the people want? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to do that this week, and we're going to make a bonus episode Okay. about my favorite about soups. Your favorite soups? We should, yeah, that's a good idea. Do you want to be in it? No, you can do it. If you want to do it by yourself, you can. Well, you don't like soup. You're just going to be a bummer. Yeah, I'll say why all the soups suck. Yeah, I don't want that. I want a positive soup episode. Okay. Yeah, it can be a solo, solo Carly soup episode. What's your What's your uh, Harry soup episode gonna be about? You have to put out a bonus episode oh, too. We have to it's do gonna be combined. Two bonus episodes. Oh, oh. The first half is my soup episode. The second half is well, no, it's just gonna be the soup episode. It needs its own thing. And then, what's your bonus episode gonna be about? I don't know. I'll talk about like backpacking gear or something. That's so lame. <laughs> but I don't know anything. I That's mean, not interesting. I have no backpacking experience. And I'll, so it'll be like uh, someone who doesn't know anything about backpacking gear talking about backpacking gear. That's not interesting. Yeah, you're right. It's not. Okay. I'll talk about. Uh, soup. You got to talk about okay, soup. Ta- I, I don't have anything to say about soup. 
Do I, should I should I make a soup that I would like? Should I no. try to? Right. You know what? Never mind. You're fired. From the podcast? Yeah. It's just mine from now on, and I'm going to talk about soup. <laughs> okay, right, now it's officially been 12 minutes of soup talk. Yeah, it has. Mm. It's making my tummy grumble. <laughs> I just had like a thousand calories worth of stew just now, too, so it, my, my stomach should not be oh, a grumbling. This is, you're hearing Carly's stew high. <laughs> oh, God, I love stew. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to change my Twitter bio to I love stew. Or just beef stew. That's it. Just beef stew. <laughs> Isn't it a funny phrase? Yeah. Thick yeah. soup. Or thick. I'll just, I'll, I'll, my Twitter bio will be I like thick soups. Thick soup. All right. Thick, the, the episode name will be thick soup, but thick spelled with T-H-I-C-C yeah. and soup spelled S-O-U-P-P. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Thick soup. Or, All right. Or beef stew. That's another good one. Too. So who's first this week? Or do you have anything else you need to say? Um, anything I need to get off my chest? I have nothing to offer the world. How are your elbows doing? Oh, they're doing great. I am. They're arguably functional. I can. I can extend them somewhat. Good. I can bend them somewhat. I can lift light objects. I can sort yeah. of turn my right hand upright, sort of turn it face down. Good. Great. My well, foot's also doing good. That's good. In case you're wondering. Yeah, I am. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry I didn't ask. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you? Harry, you're such a big baby. I am a big baby. You gotta take care of a big baby. So I've... Feed it. <laughs> change his diaper you stopped you're gross i don't want you to change my diaper it was just a figure of speech okay anyway i realized today that i am the youngest person who lives in this apartment i didn't know that i thought it was one of the older ones i'm not but i'm still the mom you're the mom of the apartment your mom i'm the mom yeah your mom and i'm big baby <laughs> you big <laughs> Oh, God, this is so weird. I love it. Um, yeah. So, lots of events. Well, we forgot it was Sunday today. Look, guys. A lot of things that we are not going to talk about. The, the, the Davis-Sullivan household has been uh, eventful. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay. It's been eventful this week. Um you're you're really front porch in this episode. What? You you don't think my topic's gonna be good? No, I'm just letting them know. <laughs> okay, there's some stuff Sounds going like on here. Sounds like you're lowering okay? expectations. No. Oh, I guess kind of. That's not <laughs> what I really meant, but sure, if that's what you want to do, I you know, there's some stuff's just been going on. <laughs> okay, uh, that's all. This if is you want to know, you can DM me personally, and I'll let you know what's happening. <laughs> but uh, not gonna, I'm not gonna put it on here. <laughs> Good. But yeah, it, there's been some stuff, but uh, everything's fine. There's nothing wrong with us. We're perfectly fine. We're not breaking up. <laughs> I'm not pregnant or anything. That would suck. Okay. But I'm just nothing. trying to 
calm them. I d- they didn't need to be calmed until you started. Talking about how there's a lot going on here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they need to know. I'm trying to be honest as I can with them. They are my family. <laughs> I tell my family everything. I know that's not true. <laughs> All right. Are you first? Yeah, I'm going first. All right. You go first. All right. Uh, so I I got a cryptid for you. Cool. Or uh, maybe a fearsome critter if you want to. I guess there's there's a there's a distinction between a fearsome critter and a cryptid. Yeah, one hundred percent. Anyway, so I, I, I'm talking about a, cr- a creature. Yeah, we got that. Called the squonk. <laughs> the squonk. The squonk. The squonk. Yeah. Are you gonna talk up closer to the? Thing? <laughs> all right, I'll get closer. Uh oh. Uh oh. They're hearing all the shuffling. Yeah, I heard a bunch of squeaking and shuffling. All right, you got to put your computer in your lap. Yeah, well, then I talk down. Well, it's better than talking over. All right. I don't I don't know if the audience likes being talked down to. All right, just just talk. Anyway, so native to northern Pennsylvania, the the squonk is a is of a very retiring dis, retiring disposition. Shy and bashful. But uh-huh. also deeply morose. Oh. It constantly weeps due to its own ugliness. Oh, the squonk. The squonk. Poor squonk. <laughs> <laughs> Poor uh, boy. Expert trappers, trackers, are able to hunt the squonk by following the path of tears that it leaves behind it. <gasps> oh, no, the squonk. <laughs> when they catch up to the squonk by following... Wait, when they catch up to the squonk, what they find is that the trail has led them to a most pitiful and deeply unpleasant looking creature. Cool. Its ill-fitting skin bunches up and sags off of its ungainly, shapeless body. It's covered head to toe in unsightly warts and moles. It is generally only active around twilight or dusk and on dark or moonless nights. When the moon does shine bright, the squonk prefers to stay still in its home, lest it accidentally catch a glimpse of its hideous reflection. Oh, the squonk. The squonk. It's unknown when the squonk was first discovered, though it possibly first became known in the late 19th century when the logging industry was centered in Pennsylvania. What Uh, century are we in? We're in the 21st 21st? century, so the late 1800s. Okay. But uh, the first... See, that's so confusing. Anyway. It is a little bit. It's confusing. You just subtract one. Shh. Yeah, it's confusing. Continue. (laughs) Okay. Um, The first written description of the beast appeared in 1910 in William T. Cox's book, Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods with a Few Desert and Mountain Beasts. <laughs> okay. uh, it's listed in that book with the Latin name Lacrimocorpus dissolvens, um, from the word from the Latin words tear, body, and dissolve. Okay. So in that book, Cox recounts the story of a squonk hunter, one J. P. Wentling, who somehow managed to coax a squonk into a sack. Oh, uh, he cinched- in a sack. He cinched the sack up, swung it over his shoulder, and was carrying it home, uh, when at some point he noticed that the sack became lighter and the weeping stopped. Oh Uh, no, did he kill him? He opened the sack, but there was nothing but tears and bubbles. What is this story? This 
Because the, the squonk can dissolve itself in its own tears. It weeps so much. When it, or if it's uh, in a, when it's like frightened or it's like cornered and has no escape, it can cry so much that it dissolves itself completely. That's amazing. Yeah. Harry. I wish I could do that. <laughs> oh, that would have gotten me out of so many things. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, it, okay. In his, in his 1939 book, Fearsome Critters, Henry Tryon uh, goes into a little bit more detail about the squonk's evolution. Squonk. Squonk. <laughs> originally accustomed to the plains uh, it was originally accustomed to the plains um, but the habitat around it gradually changed and became dotted with lakes and swamps and so the squonk's behavior changed and it began to plod around the, uh, the edges of these bodies of water um, looking for food always going in a counterclockwise direction um, and over time, it developed webbed toes, but only on its left side feet. What? Oh, <laughs> this, poor, this poor creature. Uh, whenever they would enter the water fully, squonks would only be able to swim in circles. Oh! The fossil record shows that thousands of, squon of squonks died of starvation in this manner. Wait, squonks aren't real, are they? Depends. Harry, <laughs> are you... Reading me some weird, like, creepy pasta right now? What do you mean? Are squonks real? Are you reading me a fake story? This sounds like it's not real. <laughs> what? I mean, what do you mean? Not? I I didn't make it up. Yeah. What? Are, just keep going. Okay, keep going. This just sounds like you're reading a creepy pasta straight from the page. No. All right. I wrote all this. Shh, just keep going. All right. Um, so Tryon also attempts to describe the sound of a squonk's weeping. Um, and he describes it as a low note of pleading, somewhat resembling the call of the cross-feathered snee. What? Who knows what that is? Well, so not being familiar with the cross cross-feathered snee um i i first consulted the audubon society's guide got it um but found my trust in that society fully shaken what um as there was not one mention of the cross-feathered snee oh shoot um, it doesn't exist so instead i had to look to an obscure tome written by lenwood s sharp director of the lumberwoods unnatural history museum uh, Lenwood's Lexicon of Lumberwood's Lore. Um, and it describes the cross-feathered snee thusly. This frost-bitten feathered fl fowl flutters and flourishes on fashionably frigid and frozen furrows, for it is inclined to the inclement and inhospitable iciness in its immensity. The nondescript nests in natural nooks nearing the nadir of the negatives, and is native to the northwest of nowhere, and, nearly as is known, is never noticed by nobody. Naturally, the nudnik is in need of a knoll nearly as non-symmetrical as knowable. After all, this asymmetric avian animal always is aware of any level, of any level land lying lengthwise in a li li linear layout. Unfortunately, unless it is unbalanced underneath, 
It is unable to be upright, as unluckily, its unequal extremities eventually end it edgewise. Effectively, the entity is exceedingly exhausted and entirely exposed in this event. So these aren't real either. Um, Harry, I did think you just hear the description of it? You aren't being real. Are you joking with me right now about all of this stuff? The squonk's real. Oh my god. I do. Squonk's real. <laughs> okay. Squonk is real. Okay. Hashtag squonk is real. Just keep going. I don't I don't know what about this makes you think that this is not Shut a up. real animal. Just keep going. So uh, in Cox's book, um, he notes that the squonk is fairly common in the hemlock forests of Pennsylvania. Um this is an ironic point, um, as by 1910, um, when he, that book was published, uh, Pennsylvania's once abundant hemlock groves had been logged to the brink of extin- extinction. So, you know, he was he was saying that this creature is very common in these forests uh, that don't exist anymore. No, it's so sad. Um yeah, uh, but uh, through extensive conservation efforts um, aided by the Civilian Conservation Corps, um, they were able to preserve and regrow um, a whole bunch of these uh, eastern hemlock forests um, since since the 1930s or so. Um, but uh, now once again, once again, the uh, squonk's habitat is under threat. Um, the invasive... What? No, just keep going. The invasive hemlock woolly adelgid, um, which is a tiny insect that feeds on the sap from hemlock trees and also kills them. Um, but it's it's native to East Asia, but it appeared in the eastern U.S. in the 50s, and since then has been terrorizing evergreens up and down the eastern seaboard. Um, hemlock forests provide a uniquely dark, cool, and moist floor and provide food and shelter for countless animals and other plants. Um, losing the eastern hemlock would irreparably change the ecosystems of the eastern United States. Um, the Pennsylvania Department of Natural Resources and stuff is, uh, working hard to, uh, preserve them and, uh, stop the spread of the, uh, the woolly, the hemlock woolly adelgid. Um, but, uh, you know, they can always use more resources and stuff. Um, so if you want to, so save. So what about this forest? That's that's where the squonk lives. (laughs) Is this real? Is this forest real? Yeah. Yeah. That little worm that eats it real? Yeah. It's a, it's a little tiny, it's a little teeny tiny bug. Less than a millimeter long. Yeah, I pictured it like a worm. I don't know what it looks like. The picture it's really it's it's really tiny, so none of the pictures on Wikipedia had like an actual image of the bug. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, you know, uh support conservation efforts, um stop the spread of invasive species by like cleaning off your hiking shoes, don't transport firewood, shop local and stuff. Um hmm. uh so help 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 keep our natural uh, environments s- strong and healthy so that creatures like the squonk can s- can live happily. <laughs> well, I, I don't think there's any hope for the squonk living happily. No, the squonk is sad. I know, because he's so ugly. I'm going to look this up later. I think you just BS'd this whole thing. What do you mean? I think you wrote this all yourself. That's no, what I think. I have sources. I have... 
I have book. I have book. I've got more book. This is fake. I've got I, look Wikipedia. Fake squonk. news. Squonk. <laughs> God. You want to see pictures of squonk? Yeah, I want to see pictures of a squonk. Here's here's one picture of what a squonk may look like. Uh, no. That what? No, it's so ugly. Yeah, well, but it's kind of cute. Yeah, it's kind of. It's cute. got a cute face. I know. It's got like a cat face. There, there's more. Let's see what I can show you. There's. Oh, it oh. looks like a big fat dog. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Oh, look at that oh, guy. It looks like a pig. Yeah. It, it looks like a. That one's cute. Yeah. See, they're cute. They're not ugly. Yeah. Well. They don't know that. Oh, yeah. Me either, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Don't it's, we all? It's an unfortunate creature. Mm-hmm. Well, is that your story yeah, that's then? the squonk. Oh, did you want to talk about the uh, the recycling scandal you just found out about? Or are you too upset? God damn it. What? It pisses me off. Yeah. Anyway, uh... Yeah, I can talk extemporaneously about that a little bit. Okay. About how recycling is a lie. Just not not all of it. Just plastic recycling. You should still recycle like glass. I mean, you should res- try to recycle plastic. There's not like a downside to it. Basically, it's just a lie. Yeah, anyway, there's a story from uh, NPR and PBS Frontline collaboration on the... Uh, um, that came out earlier this week on recycle on the plastic recycling um uh i don't know what to call it but plastics recycling and how um it does not it's not effective at all and that it is intentionally ineffective and that the whole so i always knew that or suspected that like recycling a lot of stuff didn't actually get recycled when you put it in the recycling Mm -hmm. and you know there were stories about how like now china wasn't like taking in our all of the recycling we were sending it because it was all contaminated and stuff with it was not worth sorting out and melting down and stuff but um it turns out that like from the very beginning the idea of recycling plastics was it was pushed by plastics manufacturing companies, even though they knew that there was no reliable way to actually recycle plastics, but it was pushed as something that people should do. And they lobbied states to put recycling symbols on plastic bottles um, in order to make people not feel as bad about buying plastic. Cause in like the, uh, 70s and 80s there was like a ton of like plastic garbage and stuff and people were starting to be like this isn't good we shouldn't be using as much plastic i mm-hmm. should not be doing this and then so to counteract that they made up plastic recycling <laughs> they made up plastic recycling like you to c- make us feel better about buying plastic mm-hmm. like you you can recycle i mean and people you can recycle some plastics effectively um, but they just don't well it the the plastics industry makes it harder because once people started to recycle like certain things like milk jugs and like very specific items that they could recycle effectively um that's when they started lobbying states to put the recycling symbol on like every 
plastic item out there. And so people just started throwing anything which in the recycling bins, work, yeah. which made it just like too, too much uh, matter for mm. the recycling companies to sort through and like get act- the actually recyclable plastic out of so that they couldn't recycle any of it. So some of the stuff with recycling logo on it isn't really recyclable. Right or not. Yeah. 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 That's how I understood it. And or not. It's not worth the effort anywhere. So it's mainly just like a marketing thing. Yeah. It's. It it is. To get us to buy more plastic. Not even like a. It's just completely. To in order to achieve the exact opposite of what the stated goal is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's depressing. We'll link the article so you can read it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just thought you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah. So. But you should you should still recycle like plastic or I mean glass and like aluminum and paper and stuff when you can. Um, and I mean, if you find somewhere that like reliably does recycle plastic and you're pretty sure about it, go go for it. But you know, as always, do you know take re- reduce, reuse, recycle in that order. Yeah, reduce and reuse. First you reduce, and then if, and then you reduce, reuse, reuse, <laughs> and recycle as a last resort. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, you want to hear about my story? Yes, I do. I got a UFO story for oh, yeah, you. Oh yeah, that's what you're doing. Yeah, I think you'll actually like it because okay. you might buy the story. I doubt it. No, I think you might. All right. Don't don't, don't doubt I it really... yet. I do. I doubt. Okay. I think I will buy it. I will. I will do my best to open my mind. Because it's a UFO. I think you'll buy the UFO story. Okay. I will. I will buy that there is an object that is unidentified. Yeah. I think you'll buy it. Okay. I'll just start. So my sources are the CBC. It's like a Canada. Because this happened in broadcasting, yeah. Corporation. Because mm-hmm. this happened in Canada, so uh, and unsolved mysteries. Claremont, Claremont Sun, the Claremont Sun, Claremont. Um, okay. And Wikipedia, <laughs> those are my sources. Okay, cool. Uh, and also, I watched a YouTube video on the BuzzFeed Unsolved Network. It wasn't from. The guys who usually do the BuzzFeed Unsolved shows, though, it was just on the BuzzFeed Unsolved. Because now that they don't really do the show, they just have to put other random, like, stories up everywhere. I don't know. So I watched this. BuzzFeed Unsolved is still going on without Ryan and Shane? Yeah, I think they're trying to make it. There's, like, a BuzzFeed Unsolved, like, network. I see. They made, like, a separate YouTube channel called BuzzFeed Unsolved Network to put all the BuzzFeed Unsolved episodes on. Interesting. And then more weird, like, true crimey, uh, mystery type I see. shows now. I see. I think they're just trying to find a new show to replace one of their popular ones mm-hmm. at this point. Sounds like it. Um, anyway, so Stefan Michelak, so I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Mi- Michelak. Stefan, I think his name is Stefan. It's S-T-E-F-A-N, and I think in the video I watched, they said Stefan. All right. So Stefan was an industrial mechanic by trade and an amateur geologist who liked to venture into the wilderness around Falcon Lake. So this is the Falcon Lake incident. Ooh, that's a cool name. I know. 
Sometimes I wish I was a geologist. Yeah. I think I'd be happier if I was a geologist. Me too. You'd be happier if I was a geologist? No, I'd be happy. Well, yeah, both. <laughs> anyway, about 150 uh, kilometers east of Winnipeg. So this happened in Canada. Okay. In case you're unfamiliar. Cool. Stop. I, you're, you're, you're shaking the to... table. Uh, so he was there uh, to look for quartz and silver. He cool. liked to like go there to or go places to like yeah dig for stuff because mm-hmm. he was an amateur geologist. Amateur geologist. Geologist. Uh, he he had staked some claims the prior year and set out on the May May long weekend in 1967 to explore some more. I don't know what that May, sentence means. Uh, a a long week. I, I don't know if Canada has... I don't know. I'm sure they have a holiday in May. Yeah. Um, on May 20th, 1967, Stefan was near a vein of quartz along the Precambrian Shield in the area when the 51-year-old was startled by a gaggle of nearby geese. A gaggle. That interrupted... That erupted, I mean, into a uh, mass... Of honks, <laughs> they were they were flying away and honking like crazy. This gaggle of geese. <laughs> what? No, they were squonking. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Anyway, according to his accounts, as reported in newspapers at the time, and since repeated in in books, magazines, and on TV shows like Unsolved Mysteries. Stefan looked up and saw two cigar-shaped objects with a reddish glow hovering about 45 meters away. So one descended, and according to Stefan's account, it landed on a flat section of rock, and it started to take more of a disc shape. Oh, when when, when did this happen again? 1967. 1967. It was just make the when the the uh, the airship. The mystery airship sightings happened. They were all like cigar shaped and stuff, and mm-hmm. sometimes had mysterious lights about them. Mm-hmm. Oh, Do man. you believe those were real? No. But. No. What if? You don't believe they were real at all? Uh. No. Okay. Great. But what if they were? What this if they were be... like some government machinery? Do you buy that? No, I think that it was a hoax by, uh, that was, per- that was like, that like got out of control. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> the other <laughs> remained in the air for a few minutes before flying off. Believing it to be a secret U.S. military experiment craft, <laughs> Stefan sat back and sketched it over the next half hour. Okay. So he sat and he watched this thing and just like drew it. Then he decided to approach the craft, Mm. later recalling the warm air and smell of sulfur as he got closer, as well as a whirring sound of motors and a hissing of air. He also noticed a door open on the side with bright lights inside Mm -hmm. and said he heard voices muffled by the sounds of the craft. He said he called out, offering mechanical help to the Yankee boys if they needed it. The voices went quiet but did not answer. So Stefan tried in his native Polish, 
Then, because first he tried in English, then he tried in Polish, then Russian, and then German. Wow, you didn't know there's a lot of languages. I know, I know. That was my first thought, too. And he's a geologist, amateur geologist. And mechanic or whatever, I think. Yeah, industrial mechanic. Mm -hmm. Um, Only the whir and hiss of the craft responded. He claims he went closer and noted the smooth metal of the ship with no seams. He then looked into the bright doorway, pulling on the welding goggles he used to protect his eyes while chipping at rocks during prospecting. <laughs> Inside, Stefan said he saw light beams and panels of various colored flashing lights, but could not see anyone or any living thing. When he stepped away, three panels slid across the door opening and sealed it. He reached to touch the craft which he said melted the fingertips of the glove he was wearing. Uh, The craft then began to turn counterclockwise, and Stefan says he noticed a panel that contained a grid of holes. Shortly afterward, he was struck in the chest. He was was thrown backwards by air, or like Mm. a gust of air, or gas. Uh So it pushed him backwards. And set his uh, clothes on fire. Oh. It set his shirt and cap on fire. Hmm. Which you can see, if you look up pictures of this, he has the shirt that uh-huh. caught on fire. Well, because here's the thing. Okay. He ripped away the burning clothes and the craft lifted off and flew away. Okay. Disoriented and nauseous, Stefan stumbled through the forest and vomited. Hmm. He eventually made his way back to the, to his motel room in Falcon in Falcon Lake, then caught a bus back to Winnipeg. He was treated at the hospital uh-huh. for burns to his chest and stomach that later turned into raised sto- sores on a grid-like pattern. So if you t- if you look up pictures, you can see his shirt, his uh-huh. burned shirt with the holes, like in a grid pattern it's like a rectangle of just like holes Uh and then if you look a a picture of him in the hospital they have a picture of burn marks just in holes Hmm. on his stomach in the same grid mark on his chest and stomach so something actually happened to him right Mm -hmm. yeah so um uh, and for weeks afterwards he suffered from diarrhea headaches blackouts and weight loss hmm So once the story was out, the RCMP, the Air Force, the media, various government agencies, and hordes of uh, gawking members of the public descended on the Michelac's Small River Heights bungalow in Winnipeg (laughs) just to see if they could find a UFO. Right. That's who Michelac (laughs) refers to in, in the title of the book. Uh oh! I think his son wrote a book recently. His oh, okay. the son of the guy that this happened to. Those endless visitors and phone calls, the media and people camping on the lawn, the people who would follow Michelac to school one day, peppering him with questions. So this is about his son now. <laughs> okay. Uh, his son said it just flipped our lives over. He said it took several years before it finally died down. After that, and until the day, wait. Oh, yeah, after that, and until the day he died in 1999 at the age of 83, Stefan believed he never should have said a thing. Uh, But at the time, he felt it was his duty. 
He wanted others, if they were to see the same thing, to avoid it and not get hurt. <laughs> In Poland, before Stefan moved his family to Canada, he was a military policeman who, a set with a set of moral guidelines that he lived by. That is, if something happened, it should be reported. In addition to constant probing from authorities, the family endured uh, criticism in the public. Stefan's sanity was questioned, and Michalek was the son was bullied in school. Though he wished he hadn't said anything, Stefan never backed away from the story either. He also never claimed to have seen aliens and still considered it a secret military craft. So he, anytime anyone asked him, he's like, I don't think it was extraterrestrial mm -hmm. or was no aliens involved. Right. He thinks it was like a military operation that he stumbled upon or some machine hmm. that they were flying around and that's why he got hurt. Curious. Yeah. Curious. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, the so, fact that he's an amateur geologist, that, that makes me want to believe him. I mean, you don't buy it that he just saw something. He didn't. Think it, he's not spouting alien stories off at people. Yeah, I know. He was hurt by something. Yeah. I think it could have been some military experiment. It's possible. Do you think it was American military or Canadian military? I don't know. Good question. Um, quote uh, from his son. If you asked him what it was he saw, he could describe it in intimate detail, but he would never say, oh, it was definitely extraterrestrials, because there was no evidence to prove that, end quote. Um, he might ask, uh, who do you think I saw? But right up until he died, his story never changed one bit, nothing about it or how he told it, is what mm. the son said. Mm -hmm. And all those years since... And with some 300 pages of documentation on the encounter, there's nothing so far that has flawed his story. So what does he think? Uh, quote uh, from his son. Uh, I'm not I'm not so close-minded close that I can't entertain the possibility that it's otherworldly. I can't discount that. But without specific evidence to show me that it is, I don't know, his son said. What I can tell you is that I'm an aviation an aviation fanatic, a huge aviation bluff, uh, buff, and I am very familiar with how aviation technology has advanced in the past 50 years. There was nothing even close to that in the works anywhere at that time. Hmm. So the case was investigated in intensely by a number of levels of government and the official conclusion, mm -hmm. even from the United States Air Force, was that the case was unexplained. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the Falcon Lake incident is possibly uh, Canada's best documented UFO case. It even beats Roswell, the alleged flying disc that landed in New Mexico in 1947, because the United States still doesn't recognize that anything happened in Roswell out of the ordinary. I see. Items were later... So this is interesting. Okay. So they went back to retrieve um, items from where he was, like his glove right. and other stuff that he left there. Yeah. Uh, so including Stephen's glove and shirt and some tools, which were all subjected to extensive analysts, uh, analysis at an RCMP crime lab, and no one could determine what caused the burns. So they did see a melted glove. Um, they found the shirt with the that was burned mm -hmm. partially with the hole 
marks with like the burn and holes Mm -hmm. that match the pattern on his chest. Mm -hmm. Um, so at the landing site was a circle about of about 15 feet in diameter devoured of the moss and vegetation growing in areas of the same rock outcropping. So soil samples along with samples of the clothes, uh, and stuff that he left behind were tested and they were all deemed to be highly radioactive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also found pieces of metal that were chipped out of uh, cracks in the rock. Uh, about a year after the incident, uh, the metal or metal had somehow uh, been melted into the cracks of the rock where it had landed, right. and so they took pieces. Of the metal, they chipped it out of the rock again mm-hmm. and tested that. Um, so and uh, one of the, so the pieces of metal were also tested and said to be radioactive. Okay. So many of the items have long since been lost as they were transferred through various authorities and agencies. However, uh, Ross. Rut- Kowski and Michelak still have one of the pieces of metal, which remains radioactive. So they found, like, a piece of metal at the scene that wasn't chipped chipped from mm-hmm. a rock. But, yeah, they found melted metal in the cracks of the rock where the something had landed because right. there was, like, a circle. Mm-hmm. And then everything around it was radioactive. Interesting. So it doesn't it sound like something happened. Yeah. Yeah. So still sick in 1968 with reoccurrences of the burns showing Mm -hmm. up on his chest and like they would just randomly come back. Hmm. He suffered from blackouts still a year later. Stefan went to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, uh, M-I-N-N? Minnesota. Minnesota. Doctors did a thorough investigation and even sent him to a psychiatrist who came back with the report that it is uh, that this fellow uh, is very pragmatic, very down to earth, pardon the pun, and does not make up stories. <laughs> um, then his son said, uh, quote, if dad hoaxed this, remember, we're talking about a blue collar industrial mechanic. If he hoaxed it, when, then he was a freaking genius. <laughs> so the results of this is still unsolved. Stefan died in 1999, with the, but the burns remained on his body for life. Mm. Um, currently, the Canadian government identifies the case as unsolved. His family is still searching for answers. So it's interesting because there was like, a couple well there were some skeptics about the story right but i feel like their story makes less sense than the actual story posed okay what, what's the skeptic story um so skeptic aaron sakulik i don't know reviewed the report made by michelak to police shortly after the incident along with other evidence and concluded that he was indeed burned but that the burns were likely caused by an accident brought on by alcohol consumption. And that Michelak, who was a pros- prospecting for silver ore near the lake at the time, probably made the story up to keep other prospectors out of the area. <laughs> but 
if you tell everyone that a UFO is on your property, that is not going to get people off of it. That's that true. is going to bring people to it. Yeah. So I, people think not... <laughs> he did it to save kind of his piece of property right. that he owned. And he had like a little thing on or something. Mm-hmm. He wanted people to not go there anymore. So why would you start a huge fuss about a UFO being there? Yeah, that's that doesn't make much sense to me. And then he was found like he got a ride stumbling out of the woods and stuff you know vomiting Mm -hmm. and no one and then they interviewed the person and they said they didn't smell any alcohol in him and there was no alcohol on the scene or Mm -hmm. and yeah no one smelled any alcohol on his breath or on his clothes or anything so curious yeah he wasn't drinking and so i'm like that doesn't make any sense so yeah some the skeptics think he made up the story to keep people off of his property but it did the complete opposite of that if that's what he was trying to do yeah and that doesn't make any sense telling people that uh that story makes people want to go there yeah i don't think that was the motivation Mm -mm. i mean he was sick for like the rest of his life after that so yeah I mean, something happened. Yeah. They tested the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was burned. Like, he was thrown back and burned. Right. So. Uh, you, you, you caught me on a generous day. I buy it. I think you do buy it, don't you? I don't, I mean, he something happened. encountered something. It could have been some military experiment. Yeah. I wonder, I don't know how, I don't believe the, every part of it, like the, I don't know which parts I believe and which parts I don't, I don't know, because the, like, the perfectly smooth, seamless craft that, like, saucer-shaped aircraft that changes in the sky into, like, a cigar-shaped thing. It doesn't seem plausible, and I don't, I don't know about him. I don't know which part, something happened. Yeah, I think so, too. But he wasn't trying to make it a big, like, he thought it was like a military experiment object thing. He didn't think it was extraterrestrials. Right. You know, that yeah. seems pretty sane to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's what I would assume if uh, yeah I saw something. Exactly. So don't you think that he was probably a skeptic of all that other stuff and then this happened to him? Yeah. Yeah, so... So, so yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So this is fun. In April of 2018, the Royal Canadian Mint released a $20 silver coin depicting the alleged event as part of its Canada's Unexplained Phenomena series, <laughs> stating, quote, According to Stefan Michelac's account, two glowing objects descended from the sky on May 20th, 1967, near Falcon Lake, Manitoba, where one landed close enough for him to approach. When the craft suddenly took flight, its, em- its emission set Michelac's clothes ablaze, leaving him with mysterious burns and an unusual tale to tell. And so they printed like a little UFO on the coin. <laughs> That's like fun. a little saucer shaped thing with like uh-huh. the beams coming down. That's cute. <laughs> I like, like it. Canada's yeah. cool. That's funny. It is. I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I like it too. 
So, yeah, that happened. <laughs> okay, good. How do you like that story? I like it. I li- I. <sighs> So yeah. his son, like, wrote a book. He's all like, oh, it was probably aliens and, like, uh-huh. trying to write a book. He wrote a book right. about it. And it's basically just trying to profit off the story. But the dad, like, the guy it actually happened to was just like, yeah, I wish I would have never told anyone. But uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But he told what he said. Like, he drew. A, you can see the sketches that he drew uh-huh. when he was sitting there sketching it. Interesting. Um, you can see his clothes and the burn marks. It's. Pretty compelling stuff. Something okay. happened, obviously. Some, yeah. You know, I kind of, I won't, I won't, I want to believe it. Yeah, I know you do, because I think he was a fellow skeptic of this stuff, mm-hmm. and then it happened to him. This right. is like if it happened, if something like that happened to you. Yeah. You'd want to expose the government for doing some weird experiment on you, and then people would be like, well, "It was probably." Aliens. Yeah. So, that's all. That's mm-hmm. all I got. Cool. I like it. Okay. What would? Hmm. So if, but if that if that happened to you, would would you tell people? Yeah. 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 Even though a lot of people would think you were crazy or like and like making it up and stuff. Absolutely. I know people would think I was crazy, but. Some people would believe me. Right. And I would have to tell the story. Yeah, I mm-hmm. would totally tell everyone I met. Yeah, you're right. I want to see a UFO. Me too. Okay, I'm sleepy. It's almost midnight. Okay. So we got to publish this story. Yeah, we got to get it. Get, get publish out this story. Like, <laughs> no, we need to post yeah, this we'll episode. Get the presses moving. Yeah. Uh, so, what, what are you doing? Sorry, I, I updated my notes app. Oh, gosh. What? Okay. Sorry, what? <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted? It, no. I updated it earlier, but it was like... What? Oh, my God. Anyway... Sorry. I have nothing what else to talk about. I was trying to end the episode. Okay. Can you? I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been. No unknowns. Wear some pants. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.